Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Sunday service. I'm Nayaswami Mantradevi. This is Nayaswami Krishnadas, and we're happy to be here with you this morning. So welcome to everyone, all our guests at the Expanding Light, taking various programs, and everyone who's joining us from their homes all around the world. Um, This morning, the topic is first things first. I'm going to read from Rays of the One Light, Commentaries on the Bhagavad Gita and Bible by Swami Kriyananda. And this is a good topic. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. That expression, first things first, is a piece of... uh, It's a piece of counsel often given to students of business techniques. It is the advice of practicality to those who aspire to worldly success. But according to the hermetic doctrine, as as above, so below, that which works best in one level of life is often the best guide to what will work best on every other level. If a person is true to his highest priorities, he will generally find that his other needs are fulfilled naturally as well. This is true, certainly, of the search for God. One of the greatest sayings of Jesus Christ was this simple sentence in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 6. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Paramahansa Yogananda gave his elder brother Ananta a wonderful lesson in this truth. It was Ananta who had captured him and brought him back from his flight to the Himalayas, described by Yogananda in Autobiography of a Yogi. In Yogananda's book, we read how Ananta later challenged him in the city of Agra to pit his divine faith against such practical worldly considerations as the need for earning a living. Fearless before that challenge, the young aspirant agreed to go by train without any money to the nearby town of Brindaban, not to miss a single meal in Brindaban, and to find his way back to Agra without begging and without in any other way asking for help. In one of the most thrilling chapters in the book, Yogananda fulfilled all the conditions of the test. Yogananda continued the account. As the tale was unfolded, my brother turned sober and then solemn. The law of demand and supply reaches into subtler realms than I had supposed, Ananta spoke, with a spiritual enthusiasm never before noticeable. I understand for the first time your indifference to the vaults and vulgar accumulations of the world. Late as it was, My brother insisted that he receive diksha, initiation, into Kriya Yoga. As the Bhagavad Gita put it in the ninth chapter, those who worship lesser gods go to their gods, but those who worship me come to me. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind.
Good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome you also today on this blustery, rainy weekend. I remember once we were uh, asked to do service impromptu. It was a snowstorm. There was three feet of snow. Everyone in Ioja could not get over here. So we had uh, all-wheel drive, and, and I think we had snowshoes. But anyway, we walked over to Hansa and did service. It was a small group. In, <laughs> in sociology, there's a, they call it a secondary group, those that come together. And I think it was all the people that had four-wheel drive. <laughs> Today, yesterday, in, in uh, you know, planning the talk and kind of getting ready for this, it was just pouring down rain. I thought, well, who's going to be there tomorrow? You know, people that aren't, aren't afraid to get wet. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for coming. So today's talk is uh, wonderful. It's uh, two, one of my most favorite passages. It's a commandment. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. How simple it can be said, simpler can it be said. It's pithy, cogent, wisdom. Also the Gita, those who worship their gods, uh, those who worship lesser gods, go to their gods. Those who worship me, come to me. What else can we say? Um, I saw a fun cartoon once. That, uh, this guy was kind of getting up in the morning, and, and uh, he worked out his system. He's sitting there on the edge of the bed, and he's staring at the wall. And there was a big sign, you know, it said, pants first, <laughs> then shoes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, you know, I have to do what you have to do. Now, something closer to home, I had, I had to mention this. Last week, uh, I had some trouble with my phone, with my voicemail, so I called Rick Morehouse, who is a non-debel. Uh, he's everything, receptionist, uh, you know, customer service, repairman, and so on. So uh, next morning, he, he had it fixed, and there was an email saying, repaired your voicemail. Look at the attachment. Next time, I'll be able to do it. There was no attachment. So I emailed him back, as we all have sent things with, and forgetting to put it, the attachment. So I emailed him back that there's no attachment. And he emailed me right back and said, it was early, First coffee, then think. <laughs> so that's our beloved uh, leader in the Ananda Bell. So I'm going to read from Whispers from Eternity. And this is uh, on prayers on the beads of love. I tell my prayers on the beads of love, strung with my devotion. I direct them beyond all names. Oh, that's that's the wrong reading, sorry. Oh, here it is. Okay, the bee of my mind loves to drink from from thy blue lotus feet. O Divine Mother, the bee of my mind is ever engrossed in thy lotus feet of blue light. It drinks the honey of thy motherly love. This bee will drink no other honey but that which is graced by thy perfumed sweetness. O Divine Mother, flying over the gardens of my fancy, denying myself the honey of lesser pleasures, I have found at last 
the ambrosia buried in thy lotus heart. I have been thy busy bee. I have soared through the fields of many incarnations, breathing the airs of countless experiences. I will roam now no more. Thy fragrance has quenched at last the perfumed thirst of my soul. So that line, this bee will drink no other honey but that which is graced by thy perfumed sweetness. That's a way of saying that we are going straight to God, straight to Divine Mother, for our fulfillment in everything. First ye seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, what, are, what is the kingdom of God? Coming out of Kala Yuga, for one thing, we think of this physical place where we, something like a, um, something that we could relate to on earth that is just the perfect earthly setting. You know, a, a garden, verdant garden, flowers, sunshine all the time, luscious fruit, and on and on. And this is, and if you're, and also coming out of Kala Yuga, this, where it was the age of authority from the church and also uh, promise of punishment if you didn't behave and go along with the dogma. So there we have it. If we are good, we will go to this heavenly kingdom. And then if we're good, we'll get all of these things will be added unto you. Well, first of all, in the time of Jesus, I was thinking, what could he have meant by all these things? Because there wasn't all that many things at that time. (laughs) You know, maybe a new fishing net or uh, a boat, you know, or, you know, maybe a good harvest or a good, uh, you know, uh, net full of fish or whatever. But there were the, the, the royalty also that had a lot of gold and silver. So he could have been referring to a little bit of that. He wasn't, but that's what you could think he meant. So I, I know when I was growing up, all these things will be added unto We thought of physical things, and we? we thought of, you know, all these nice toys and and uh, material goods. I remember thinking of my um, my uncle, my uncle Gumpy. He was uh, he was nouveau riche. He was peers to uh, Edward J. De Bartlow. Edward J. De Bartlow grew up, was in our town, and he started the first mall. And he built all these malls. He 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 thought of the first concept of the mall, and he became very wealthy. My uncles were contractors and builders, and then they opened up a lumber yard and would supply him. So they became very rich. And I would always go to heaven every summer, and I'd go to my uncle's house, because my cousins uh, were my age. And he had this lot next to his place, and he built this gigantic garage full of all these toys, golf carts and, and uh, mopeds and motorcycles and, and on and on, a, a two-seater hydroplane and a four-seater hydroplane, and we always went to the lake, and we did all these things and played with all these toys. I thought, these are all these things that will come to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we thought, well, we, my cousin should stay at our house once in a while, too. So he came to our house, but there wasn't any of these things. <laughs> so because of that, we used to get in trouble. You know, one time... <laughs> We uh, took our neighbor's lawn equipment, you know, chairs and everything, and we put them way up in their tree, you know, way up there. And they didn't know where they were. There they are with the tree. So after that, they made me go there because we had things we can do there. (laughs) Uh, 
But anyway, this is what, today's on humor, so I'm, I'm adding a little more humor today, okay? So, but um, I came to realize that the kingdom is not, obviously it's the kingdom within. I mean, Jesus said that. Also, all these things that are added, it, there's not a kingdom and then there's things. The kingdom are these things. These things that we added unto us are realizations, states of consciousness, pure joy, pure love, higher consciousness. It's right within us. It's, it's not going to be found outside of us. It's not going to be found in things, physical things. It's going to be found in consciousness. It's going to be found in this inner kingdom of joy. And that's what Christ was saying. He's saying, go within. First ye seek the kingdom of God kingdom of God is within you, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? Faith. That's essentially what this reading is about today. Where are we placing our faith? Are we placing our faith in the material world, getting it all together, and then we'll put more energy and effort into our spiritual life? The spiritual life comes first. Swami Kriyananda pointed that out to us often. In the earlier years, probably it applies now. When people come and make their, their lives here as residents, he, he observed that those that jumped right in and, and, and worked on their bhakti, bhakti yoga, serving the guru, serving Ananda, throwing themselves completely into it, not too concerned about how it's all going to work out for them in the material world, their finances or whatever. Always, it always worked. As opposed to those who, well, I need to do this first. I need to do that first. I need to get this together first. He said they never did get it together. So placing our faith in God, in Divine Mother, in the Guru, and then all these things will unfold. There's this beautiful story I love. Um, it's a, a little parable. Kartika and Ganesha are sitting near Bhagavati, Divine Mother. And she has a necklace of priceless gems around her neck. And she poses to, to both of them, whichever you are first to go around the universe, I will present this necklace of gems to you. So Kartika jumps up immediately and in a moment leaps on his carrier, which is the peacock, and starts out on his journey. Ganesha casually stands in a leisurely fashion, circumambulates around Bhagavati, the Divine Mother, and then prostrates himself in front of her. Because he knew that in the Divine Mother, all things are revealed, and all things will be realized. And she saw that he, he knew this, realized this, so he, Divine Mother gave him the necklace of pearls or gems. Kartika came back after a little while and he saw Ganesha sitting there with this necklace around his neck and then he got it too. This is where we need to, to look first. Divine Mother, our devotion, our faith, that's where it should lie. What are some of these things? Well, we'll go deeper within, the own tr- within our own truth that we only can realize within. And faith, 
with that faith comes deeper love through experience, a deeper experience of God within us, his protection, her protection. There's another story, a parable. There was a, a weaver in a certain village, and uh, he was known, he was a pious soul. He was known for his devotion, his truth. He was a, a, a deep soul, deep devotee. So when people would go to the market and buy from him, they knew they would get a good deal, a fair deal. And they'd say, how much is that cloth? And he'd say, by the will of Ram, the cloth, the yarn was one rupee. And the labor, four annas. And by the will of God, the profit is two annas. Therefore, the cost of this cloth by the will of Ram is one rupee, six annas. And they would just buy it because they knew that he was truthful. Now, you have to figure in India, you haggle. Everything is um, inflated and the culture is that you haggle a bit to get them down to a, a reasonable, fair price for you both. They didn't have to do that with him. So this weaver, he would go home and after a day at the market and he would um, spend his evening after his meal in prayer. He'd go to the worship hall, he would pray, meditate, chant Ram's name and his glories. One evening, it was late, this band of robbers came by and they needed him. So they took him away and made him go with them, and he did, willingly. And they were going to commit a crime. They robbed the house, and they needed him to carry everything. So after the robbery, they put everything on his head, and just then the police came and arrest, and the robbers ran away, and there was the weaver standing there with all this um, stolen merchandise on his head, and they arrested him, took him to the station, and put him in the lockup. There he was. The next day, word got out. The villagers came. They said, so he was about to go before the, the magistrate, and they said, Your Honor, this man could never commit robbery. So the magistrate said, Well, let me hear his story. Let's hear his statement. So he said, Your Honor, by the will of Ram, I, I was having my meal. And by the will of Ram, after my meal, I went to the temple to pray, meditate, and sing Ram's name. And by the will of Ram, it was late. And then some robbers came by and drugged me with them by the will of Ram. And they committed a robbery by the will of Ram. And after the robbery, they piled all of this stuff on my head. And then the police came and by the will of Ram arrested me and took me to the station and locked me up by the will of Ram. And now by the will of Ram, I am standing here now before you. Well, the magistrate could see that the weaver was a very pious soul and he released him. And as he was walking home with the villagers that were there to support him, he said, and now by the will of Ram, I have been released. So if we can have that kind of faith, everything comes from God and not waste so much time resisting or thinking about even why. I mean, it is our karma and whatever comes to us, if we can see that it's being kind of let through the gate by 
the will of Ram, the will of God, so that we could learn a good lesson from it. And if we could just leap right in there and, and take it and then experience it to the degree that it's Ram's will, God's will, Guru's will, then we will learn from it. This story is today, obviously, um, I wanted to flesh it out a little bit. Two penniless boys in Brindavan. It's Swamiji called it one of the most thrilling chapters in the autobiography. The autobiography is the, probably the greatest book that we could think of. Isn't it true? Not just because we're disciples of Yogananda or devotees uh, and revere him. It's full of wisdom, every page. We call this chapter one of the most thrilling. So this is where Yogananda illustrates, are you going to, where are you placing your faith? Are you going to place it in God? Are you going to place it in material world or circumstances that will give you the reason to have faith? He said, no, first, full faith in God, full faith in Divine Mother, and then come what may. So he's, him and Jitendra, Jitendra is kind of us in this story. I was thinking he could be called Jitendra Everyman, just like in the Gita, um, Arjuna Everyman. Jitendra Everyman. Yogananda's fearless, um, unflinching faith. Jitendra's you know, kind of reticent. He's, he's with Yogananda. So they were just going to go to Agra and uh, spend time with Adananta's house, who was a supervisor in the Nagpur Railway, a feat at 27 or 28, whatever his age was, and he was already a supervisor and probably had a nice place, a nice apartment or, you know, pretty cushy. So they were going to go there and spend a day in Agra and see the Taj Mahal. Probably got there by railway passes supplied by Yogananda's father. And so... This is something that Ananta uh, says to, starts out the very chapter. It would serve you right if father, father disinherited you, Makunda. How foolishly you are throwing away your life. An elder brother's sermon was assaulting my ears. So, Master says, Yogananda says, You well know, Ananta, I seek my inheritance from the Heavenly Father. Ananta says, money first. God can come later. Who knows, life may be too long. Meaning if you don't stash a good amount, you may run out and end up in the poorhouse, on the street, begging. Yogananda replies, God first. Money is his slave. Who can tell, life may be too short which he goes on to say, which proved to be actually for Ananta. So it goes on and then Ananta says, so you feel quite independent of father's wealth. Ananta's gaze was innocent as he resumed the barbs of yesterday's conversation. So Ananta was dreaming up this plot to test them. So if you haven't read this chapter recently, um, read it again. It's, it's wonderful. So he says, Yogananda says, I am conscious of my dependence on God. Words are cheap, 
Ananta says, life has shielded you thus far. What a plight if you were forced to look to the invisible hand for your food and shelter. You would soon be begging on the street. Yogananda says, never. I would not put faith in passersby rather than in God. He can devise for his devotee a thousand resources besides the begging bowl. More rhetoric, Ananta says. Suppose I suggest that you, your vaunted philosophy be put to a test in this tangible world. I would agree. Do you confine God to a speculative world? So this is where it says in the reading, Ananta puts it to Yogananda and, and Jatendra. They have to go to Brindaban and not take a single rupee with them, not beg, not miss a meal, not tell anybody what they're doing, and see some sights and get home by that evening. That's pretty, that would be difficult today. Uh, <laughs> uh, let alone then. But here's Yogananda, right? I accept the challenge. No hesitation was in my words or in my heart. And he goes on to repeat how many times God had proven to him what, you know, so his faith was solid. Now, Ananta says, your willingness does you credit. I'll escort you to the train at once. Ananta turned to the open-mouthed Jatendra. <laughs> you must go along as, as a witness and very likely a fellow victim. <laughs> so, uh, so here's Jatendra. As faith invaded the serious realms of finance, my friend spoke protestingly, Ananta, give me one or two rupees as a safeguard, then I can telegraph you in case of of misfortune. (laughs) Jitendra, my ejaculation was sharply reproachful. I will not proceed with this test if you take any money as final security. Can you relate to that? (laughs) How many times we want to some material insurance. Jitendra maintained a lugubrious silence as our train covered the miles. Finally, he bestirred himself, leaning over. He pinched me painfully at an awkward spot. I see no sign that God is going to supply our next meal. Be quiet, doubting Thomas. The Lord is working with us. Can you also arrange that he hurry? Already I am famished merely at the prospect before us. I left Benares to view the Taj Mausoleum, not to enter my own. (laughs) So this talk went back and forth. And as they're talking, these two guys get on the train, if you know the the story. And and he says, young lads, do you have friends in Brindabon? The stranger opposite was taking a surprising interest in us. Now, there's their help, right? There's Divine Mother. Yogananda says, none of your business. <laughs> Rudely, I averted my gaze. You are probably flying away from your families under the an enter- enchantment of the stealer of hearts. That's Krishna. Bring them on as Krishna land. Okay? No, sir, let us alone. You are very kind, but you are mistaken in judging us as truants. So anyway, as the story goes, 
as you know. The train stopped and they, those two fellas grabbed Yogananda and Jatendra and took them to this ashram where there was a feast awaiting them because it was all planned for these two princes that were the benefactors of this ashram. But they had to change their plans at the last minute and weren't coming. So seeing Yogananda Jatendra, these obviously beautiful souls, they took them there instead. Now, when you hear the description of the feast, everything's brought up. The, the woman, Gauri Ma, is this beautiful uh, you know, woman leader of the ashram. And she starts fanning them while the, the helpers bring out 30 courses. <laughs> so not just getting fed a little bit, 30 courses. And Yogananda says that it was a meal that him and uh, Chitendra had never experienced all their days on this planet. Okay? So they enjoy this feast, and then it's time to leave. And they were very thankful, but they couldn't say how thankful they were because they couldn't reveal their predicament. So then they go out and they sit under a tree where it's very hot. And Jatendra, this is Jatendra. Uh, well, first of all, Yogananda, as the dishes came out, he said, um, he waited for the, the right time and he pinched Jatendra in a, in a sensitive spot. Because... Uh, so then they're under the tree now after this amazing feast. And Jatendra says, a fine mess you have gotten me into. Our luncheon was only accidental good fortune. So Yogananda says, you forget God quickly now that your stomach is filled. My words not bitter were accusatory. And this is a beautiful line. How short has human memory for divine favors? No man lives who has not seen certain of his prayers answered, granted. Now, isn't that true? We wouldn't be here today if we didn't have our prayers answered and know they were answered. And in that moment felt, oh, so wonderful. You all could see the points, you know. Often when you get on the path, you think they were random points until you saw it was the guru all along. And then even now, as our faith increases, and we see them all over, prayers answered for us and for our friends. Yet, that little Achilles heel test comes to us and our faith goes out the window. So, then this fellow walks up to them and said he was meditating and Krishna came to him and showed them their faces and he offered to take them all over Brindavan, show them the sights, wanted them to stay with him, but they said they, it's impossible because they had to get back to Ananta as part of the deal. And <laughs> he says he looked over at Jitendra and Jitendra was shamefaced because their God was again coming through. And this fellow showed them all over, gave them a pile of rupees and a train ticket, and they were back at Adantas that night. 
and he lays the rupees on the table, and Ananta says, Jachatendra. Jatendra, the truth, Ananta's tone was jocular. Has not this youngster been staging a hold-up? But as the tale unfolded, my brother turned somber, then solemn. And that's what was in the reading. And he ended up taking Kriya initiation from his younger brother, which was a big, big thing. One thing I didn't say was that fellow that came to him that had a vision of him um, recognized Yogananda as his guru. And he found his guru in Yogananda. And Yogananda gave him Kriya there also. And Yogananda said, now you have the, Chittaman, the Chintamani. Chintamani is the mythological gem that supplies all of our desires. Kriya, he called that Chintamani. Meaning, for us, everything's going to be realized in God. But Kriya Yoga is the vehicle that will awaken us in deeper and deeper. What did Sri Teshwar say? A chant he loved. It's the spine is the wishing tree. Everything's going to be realized through the inner realm of heaven and spirit that is within us. I just want to close with um, a quick story, if I can encapsulate it, because Swami Kriyananda had something similar. He said he had finished writing uh, the 14 steps which is the art and science of Raja Yoga now. It took him two years every day of intense writing. And he said, as he'd, he liked to do, he likes to celebrate after he accomplishes something like that. So he said, I'm going to go to Carmel and celebrate with God. He gets to Carmel, and he, did, he said, I didn't realize it was August. Everything was full. He did find one room that was made more expensive than he can afford. So he thought, well... Should I go to Monterey and stay where it's noisy and loud? He goes, no, I came to celebrate with Divine Mother. Why settle for a half-baked vacation? So he, so he pulled out his money in this, this place, this hotel. And the guy says, oh, you don't need to pay me. And Swami says, oh, I, I'd much rather pay you now because he's thinking, I, I might not have any money tomorrow because he had so little. And he says, no, I don't want you to pay me at all. He says, Why? He goes, I don't know. I'll, I'll write you down as a, a travel agent. He goes, why? He goes, I don't know. I like you. <laughs> okay, Swami did, as you know, emanated such a piece and a beauty about him that it was, it was a, you know, that's, he'd affect people like that. But then the next day he said he was having lunch in a restaurant and then the, the owner wouldn't let him pay for his lunch either. So there he had his lodgings and his meal paid for and he thought, how many times does that happen? I don't know how many times it's happened for you. Well, for Swamis, it has only happened once. But Swamiji, obviously, in the writing of this, sharing of this story, said, that's right, he, he went to share with God. And when you take God along with you for everything you do, it's going to work out and God is going to bless us. So all these things that are going to be added unto us, it's consciousness, it's realization, it's deepening faith, it's protection. It's ever more pure love in our heart, and it's ever more pure joy. We don't need anything to give us that joy. The joy is within. And we have a powerful lineage of gurus. We have Kriya Yoga. And 
we have all been experiencing all along. Our faith should be unflinching like Master's example. <laughs>